Hi, and welcome back to Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie, and in today's episode, we will be jumping into the whistleblower, David Grush, and many of the claims from scientists to former intelligence officials, and what they all have to say about UFOs in our skies, and then how does that relate to Are We Alone? Are aliens walking among us? All right. This and more in this episode, so sit back, relax, and here we go. All right, so to start our episode off this week, we will be putting in a personal story from one of our listeners, Daphne. She wrote, Okay, here's the story of my UFO sighting. I'll try to condense it down. Back in 2013-2014-ish, I was living in Douglasville, Georgia. So, one evening around 7 or 8 p.m., around dusk in the springtime, I was in my backyard and I saw this bright light in the sky. It looked far away, so I figured it was a star or a planet. But then it started to move towards my house, and I realized it wasn't a star. I thought then it might be a plane, because I lived near the Atlanta airport. But the light wasn't flashing like any other kind of plane or helicopter. Then I thought, is this a drone? As it came closer, it started to hover right above me. The orb or light didn't blink, but pulsated, and it changed colors from reddish-orange to greenish-blue. It hovered above me for, I don't know, about five minutes. Then an actual plane flew towards it. And I thought, oh no, it's going to crash into it. But the orb moved right before the plane got there. So after that, the orb started to move away from me and head towards the line of tall pine trees until I couldn't see it anymore. So that's my account. Alright, thank you very much, Daphne very cool story all right let's jump into some of these articles about ufos and ufo cover-ups and everything like that all right so i'm gonna go over to want to know.info where they have a story called ufo cover-up two-page summary of the book disclosure government and military witnesses testify on major ufo cover-up the cover-up. UFOs. Mercury and Gemini astronaut, Colonel Gordon Cooper. A saucer flew right over, put down three landing gears, and landed on the dry lake bed. The cameramen went out there with their cameras towards the UFO. It lifted off and flew off at a very high rate of speed. I had a chance to hold the film up to the window. Good close-up shots. There was no doubt that it was made someplace other than this Earth. Alright. FAA Chief of Accidents and Investigations, John Callahan. The UFO was bouncing around the 747. It was a huge ball with lights running around it. Well, I've been involved in a lot of cover-ups with the FAA. When we gave the presentation to the Reagan staff, they had all those people swear that this never happened, but they never made me swear it never happened. I can tell you what I've seen with my own eyes. I've got a videotape. I've got the voice tape. 
I've got the reports that were filed that will confirm what I've been telling you. All right, United Kingdom, Chief of Defense, 1971-73, Admiral Lord Peter Hill Norton. I've frequently been asked why a person of my background, a former Chief of Defense Staff, a former Chairman of the NATO Military Committee, why I think this is a cover-up of the facts about UFOs. Governments fear that if they did disclose those facts, people would panic. I don't believe that at all. I've said so in print. There is a serious possibility that we've been visited by people from outer space. It behooves us to find out who they are, where they come from, and what they want. All right, Director of CIA, Admiral R.H. Hillencoder. It is the it is time for the truth to be brought out in an open congressional hearing. Behind the scenes, high-ranking Air Force officers are soberly concerned about UFOs, er, but through official secrecy and ridicule, citizens are led to believe that unknown flying objects are nonsense. To hide the facts, the Air Force has silenced its personnel. That was quoted from the New York Times in 1960. U.S. Navy pilot Frederick Fox. Publication Genup 146E has a section that says you will not reveal any information regarding the UFO phenomenon under penalty of a $10,000 fine and 10 years in jail. So the secret has has been kept. UFO message, don't mess with nuclear weapons. U.S. Air Force FAA Captain Robert Salas. The security guard called and said, Sir, there is a glowing red object hovering right outside the front gate. I've got all the men out here with weapons drawn. We lost between 16 to 18 ICBMs, intercontinental nuclear missile warheads, at the same time UFOs were in the area and were observed by airmen. A high-ranking Air Force officer said, Stop the investigation, do no more on this, and do not write a final report. I heard that many of the guards that reported this incident were sent off to Vietnam. U.S. Air Force Professor Robert Jacobs. So this thing, UFO, fires a beam of light at the warhead, hits it, and then it moves to the other side and fires another beam of light. The warhead tumbles out of space. What message would I interpret from that? The UFOs were telling us, don't mess with nuclear warheads. Major Mansman said, You are never to speak of this again. After an article about the incident years later, I would get phone calls all night long. People would call and start screaming at me. One night, somebody blew up my mailbox. More cover-up. Advanced technologies developed from UFOs. Russian Air Force Space Communication Center, General Vasily Alexeyev. As a rule, Places where UFOs appear are objects of strategic significance. The Air Force came up with a table with pictures of all the shapes of UFOs that have ever been recorded, about 50, ranging from ellipses to spheres to something resembling spaceships. The study of UFOs may reveal some new forms of energy, or at least bring us closer to a solution. Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, PhD, the sixth man to walk on the moon. Yes, 
there have been ET visitations. There have been crashed craft. There have been material and bodies recovered. There has been a certain amount of reverse engineering that has allowed some of these craft or some components to be duplicated. And there is some group of people that may or may not be associated with government at this point that have this knowledge. They have been attempting to conceal this knowledge. People in high-level government have very little, if any, valid information about this. It has been the subject of disinformation in order to deflect attention and create confusion so the truth doesn't come out. U.S. Air Force Intelligence Operative Master Sergeant Dan Morris UFOs are both extraterrestrial and man-made. It is n- it's not that our government done- doesn't want us to know that there are people on other planets. What the people in power don't want us to know is that this free energy from energy generators developed with UFO technology is available to everyone. So secrecy about the UFOs is because the energy issue. When this knowledge is found out by the people, they will demand that our government release this technology and it will change the world. U.S. Army Colonel Thomas E. Bearden. Probably 50 inventors have invented virtually free energy systems. If we use these systems, we can clean up the biosphere. But what we have is a situation where the entire structure of science, industry, and the patent office are against you. I've been a victim of quite a bit of suppression. And behind this, we have a few people who are quite wealthy. The more powerful the agency, the more they will resort not only to legal, but to extra-legal means to suppress their competition. Alright, the Grand War Plan. It's all based on a lie. Fairchild Industries Corporate Manager Von Braun Spokesperson Dr. Carol Rosen In 1974, founder of the modern rocket science, Werner, Von Braun told me that the reasons for space-based weaponry were all based on a lie. He said that the strategy was to use scare tactics. First the Russians, then terrorists are going to consider, be considered the enemy. The next enemy was asteroids. The last card is the alien card. We are going to have to build space-based weapons against aliens, and all of it is a lie. I was at a meeting in Fairchild Industries in the war room. The conversation was about how they were going to antagonize these enemies, and at some point, there was going to be a Gulf War. Now, that was in 1977. Disclosure Project. Founder and Director Stephen M. Greer, MD. The government, as you and I might think of it, is really quite outside the loop. Leaders in the Pentagon, who I have briefed, have no more access to such projects than any other civilian, unless they are on the inside. We have insiders and scientists who can prove that we possess energy generation systems capable of completely replacing all forms of currently used energy generation. Every single person who is concerned about the environment and the human future should call for urgent hearings to allow these technologies to be disclosed, declassified, and safely applied. All right, we go over to newsvirginia.edu, basically the University of Virginia, where they have an article, Despite Stigma, UFO Survey Finds 19% of Academics Say They've Had Strange Sightings. This was written by Eric Williamson. Even though the United States government has acknowledged the existence of unidentified aerial phenomena, 
perhaps better known by the popular culture as unified, unidentified flying objects or UFOs. For many professors and researchers, the topic is still cringeworthy. So it's perhaps unexpected to, that almost a fifth of academics in a recent anonymous survey said that they've witnessed something in the skies that they cannot explain. And it's perhaps a problem that they'd rather not discuss it openly. Last week, an independent NASA panel reported that the lack of quality data on the phenomena, as well as negative public opinions about whether the research should be pursued, are the two biggest barriers to knowing more. Bethany A. Bell, an associate professor in School of Education and Human Development at the University of Virginia, is one of the academics who is open about asking questions. Bell joined primary authors Marissa Yingling, Charlton Yingling of the University of Louisville on their quest to know what scholars might be thinking about UFOs and not willing to say it out loud. My decision to join the team was mainly curiosity and an interest in helping move a historically taboo topic into intellectual spaces, said Bell, who chairs the Department of Education Leadership, Foundations, and Policy. In the light of NASA's report, which now uses the government-preferred term Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, or UAP, the professor's May, 20, May of 2023 uh, publication of findings in the journal Humanities and Social Science Communications couldn't have been timelier. Survey and the Stigma Hard to document, much less replicate for further study, the mysterious sightings often occur quickly, remotely, and at night. Those who choose to report an encounter do so at their own risk. Society has long been trained to respond with skepticism, if not outright hostility. Given the stigma, serious-minded people, such as academics, have learned to keep unexplainable encounters to themselves. Universities are institutions within the larger society. They are influenced by societal and cultural norms. It seems that historically, when the topic of UFOs began to appear, UFOs became synonymous with extraterrestrial beings, something that the majority of people considered to be in the same realm as Bigfoot or ghosts or other paranormal phenomena. But ever since the government added it to investigate with last year's congressional hearings, the first on the topic in 50 years, the three university professors wanted to take the temperature of their fellow academics. The team sent their survey to tenured and tenure-track faculty in 14 disciplines in 144 U.S. doctoral universities classified as conducting very high research activity by the Carnegie, Carnegie Classification of Higher Institutions of Higher Education. In addition to the types of academics one might expect, such as astronomers and physicists, the researchers wanted to hear from faculty in the social scientists, or social sciences, humanities, and the arts as well. The team asked the academics how curious they were about the topic, how aware were they of related news developments, and how interested they might be in conducting research, among other questions. Even though the survey allowed for anim anonymity, uh, being anonymous, the response rate was relatively small. 
Of the nearly 40,000 academics who received the email, only 1,549 returned answers. Many of the professors apparently thought the survey was spam. After all, who asked such things? So some reacted unkindly. One wrote, tenure might be tricky for you. Good luck. Surprising findings and next steps. In all of the instances in which the survey asked about awareness of news developments, most people said they were not at all aware, perhaps pointing to the taboo of discussion and sharing of the subject matter within their circles. Curiosity was the biggest driver of those who said they had kept up with the news. But what surprised the researchers most was the response to the question, have you or anyone close to you ever observed anything of unknown origin to you that might fit the U.S. government's definition of UAP? About a fifth, 18.9% said yes, while another 8.7% said maybe. The researchers were also surprised by some of the responses to open-ended questions. The team didn't ask for specific experiences. Instead, they asked if there was anything else respondents wanted them to know. One academic reported, My entire family and I witnessed a UFO around 1976. It was over our house in rural northeast, and the state is redacted. Two of my siblings saw it, while the rest of us in the house felt it shake and heard a loud noise. We were eating dinner and the shaking was so intense that we all ran outside. Another said, I saw an unidentified flying object as a child in my state, <laughs> again redacted, with my sibling, which my parents didn't believe. The news reported that others saw it too, though. A third respondent said they had witnessed two sightings. I used to tell people, but they thought I was crazy or lying, so now I'm silent. Though the researchers didn't set out with an agenda, Bell said she was heartened by how respondents privately expressed the idea that learning more could have strong value. When asked, in your view, who stands to gain from the release of UAP-related information, about 54% responded all of humanity. Given that the faculty in our sample think academic evaluation of UAP and related research are important, we hope that this study adds credibility to discussing the topic openly, Bell said. Without engaging in a conversation about what is occurring in our federal government, how can faculty begin to evaluate information related to this topic? She said the next step is for academics from numerous disciplines to be at the table. To her mind, whether UAP exists is no longer the question. The question is, what are they? All right, very cool article. Shows us what our academics are thinking about um, and that some of them even say that they've had strange sightings. Pretty cool. All right, so if we go to the Library of Congress, they have several collections um, related to UFOs and aliens, um, but we'll just read a few of them and go from there. UFOs and Aliens Among Us. In the 1940s and 50s, reports of flying saucers became an American cultural phenomena. Sightings of strange objects in the sky became the raw material for Hollywood to present visions of potential threats. Posters for films like Earth vs. the Flying Saucers from the 1956 uh, illustrate these fears. 
connected to ongoing ideas about life on the moon, the canals on Mars, and ideas about Martian civilizations, flying saucers have come to represent the hopes and fears of the modern world. Are these alleged visitors from other worlds peaceful and benevolent, or would they attack and destroy humanity? The destructive power of the atomic bomb called into question the progressive potential of technology. Fear of the possibilities for destruction in the Cold War era proved fertile ground for terrestrial anxieties to manifest visions of flying saucers and visitors from other worlds who might be hidden among us in plain sight. Aliens among us in fear of the other. If UFOs were visiting our world, where were these extraterrestrials? Could they be hidden among us? Comic book and television illustrates how the possibility of extraterrestrial visitors reflect anxieties of that era. In 1962 comic, There Are Martians Among Us, from Amazing Fantasy number 15, illustrates the way fear of extraterrestrials could reflect Cold War anxieties. In the comic, a search party gathers around a landed alien craft, but it can find no sign of alien beings. Radio announcers warn those nearby to stay indoors. The action shifts to a husband and wife as he prepares to leave their home despite a television announcer's warning to remain indoors. As he waves goodbye, he reminds his wife to stay inside. The wife, however, decides to slip out to the store and is attacked and dragged off. The husband returns home, finding it empty towards the telephone in a panic. In a twist, the anxious husband reveals that he and his wife are, are the Martians. The fear that they might be alien enemies in our midst resonates with fears of Soviets and communists from the McCarthy era. Ultimately, in this story, the humans are the ones who accost and capture the alien woman. The shift in perspective puts the humans in position of the monsters. UFOs as Contemporary Folklore Aside from depictions of UFOs in media, UFOs are also part of American folk culture. Ideas of aliens and flying saucers are a part of the mythology of America. You can find documentations of these kinds of experiences in folk life collections. An interview with Howard Miller about hunting and hound dogs collected as part of his Tending the Commons, Folk Life and Landscape of Southern West Virginia collection, documents an individual's experience with a potential UFO sighting. In a mysterious light, a segment of an ethnographic interview, Miller describes a strange light he saw once while hunting with his dogs in 1966. All at once, it was daylight, and I looked up to see what happened. There was a light about that big going up, drifting up the hills. When I looked and seen it, just faded out. I've been in the Marines and know what airplane lights look like, and it was far too big for that. When asked if he knew what it was, he offered, I don't know what it was, but went on to explain, if there's any such thing as a UFO, that's what it was. This unexplained light in the woods is typically is typical of many stories of these kinds of encounters. It's not, it's only... It's not only the media that tells stories and represents these kinds of ideas. Documentation of these experiences and stories Americans tell each other is similarly important for understanding and interpreting what UFOs meant to the 20th century America. All right, and lastly, skepticism of UFOs and alien encounters. Scientists and astronomers express varying degrees of enthusiasm for the possibility of intelligent life in the universe. However, scientists generally dismiss the idea that there are aliens visiting Earth. 
In Pale Blue Dot, A Vision of the Human Future in Space, Carl Sagan reviews the possibilities of alien visitors to Earth, and it suggests that there is a good reason to be skeptical of them. Much of Sagan's work focuses on debunking folk stories and beliefs and tries to encourage more rigorous and skeptical thought. He similarly discussed criticism of belief in alien visitors in his earlier book, Demon Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark. This zealous criticism of belief in UFOs from Sagan, who was well known for his speculative ideas and the likelihood of alien civilizations, might seem to be a contradiction. Sagan himself had even speculated on the possibility of visits by alien races or ancient alien races in his essay for from the early 60s, Direct Contact Among Galactic Civilizations. How do we reconcile Sagan, the skeptic, with imaginative Sagan? Far from a contradiction, these two parts of Sagan's perspective offer a framework for understanding him and the interchange between science and myth about life on other worlds. Skepticism and speculative imagination come together as two halves of the whole. It's essential to entertain and explore new ideas, however strange, while at the same time testing and evaluating the validity of those ideas. I'm always fascinated by how many religious uh, websites are out there um, comparing the Bible to UFO sightings and stuff like that. And if it was like a direct correlation, I might share that with you guys. But really, it's like, do not be deceived. Those kind of verses. Um, and talking about how it's basically the devil and his demons doing the UFO stuff. But I do not believe that is what's happening. <laughs> All right. So let's go into some more articles. All right, this is from aljazeera.com. NASA UFO team holds first public meeting on unexplained sightings, right? NASA has held its first public meeting on UFOs, officially referred to as unidentified aerial phenomena, a year after launching a study into unexplained sightings. The space agency televised the four-hour hearing on Wednesday featuring an independent panel of experts who promised to be transparent. The team of 16 scientists and other experts selected by NASA included retired U.S. astronaut Scott Kelly, who spent nearly a year in space. NASA said the focus of this public session at the agency's headquarters in Washington, D.C. was to hold final deliberations before the team publishes a report, which panel chair David Spurgle said was planned for release by late July. If I were to summarize in one line what we've learned, it's we need high-quality data, Spurgle said during opening remarks on Wednesday. The current data collection efforts about UAPs are unsystematic and fragmented across various agencies, often using instruments uncalibrated for scientific data collection, says Spurgle. The team had, has several months of work ahead of them, said Dan Evans, a senior research official at NASA's science unit, adding that panel members had been subjected to online abuse and harassment since they began their work. The panel represents the first such inquiry ever conducted under the auspices of the U.S. Space Agency for a subject 
the government once co-signed to the exclusive and secretive purview of military and national security officials. The NASA study is separate from the newly formalized Pentagon-based investigation of unidentified aerial phenomena documented in recent years by military aviators and analyzed by U.S. defense and intelligence officials. The parallel NASA and Pentagon efforts, both undertaken with some semblance of public scrutiny, highlight a turning point for the U.S. government, as decades spent deflecting, debunking, and discrediting sightings of unidentified flying objects, long associated with the notions of flying saucers and aliens, dating back to the 1940s. While NASA's science mission was seen by some as promising a more open-minded approach to the topic, the U.S. Space Agency made it known from the start that it was not leaping to any conclusions. There is no evidence UAPs are extraterrestrial in origin, NASA said in announcing the panel's formation last June. I want to emphasize this loud and proud. There is absolutely no convincing evidence for extraterrestrial life associated with unidentified objects, panel member Evans said after the meeting on Wednesday. U.S. defense officials have said the Pentagon's recent push to investigate such sightings has led hundreds of new reports now under examination, though most remain categorized as unexplained. The head of the Pentagon's newly formed all-domain Anomaly Resolution Office has also said the existence of intelligent alien life has not been ruled out, but that no sighting had been produced evidence of extraterrestrial origins. NASA's Evans pointed out that the live stream of the meeting led to considerable trolling that comes on top of online abuse directed towards several committee members. Harassment detracts from the scientific process and reinforces the stigma surrounding the topic of UAPs, said Evans, adding that NASA secure is dealing with the issue. It's precisely this rigorous evidence-based approach that allows one to separate the fact from the fiction. Cool article. And that happened recently. That was June 2023, so just last month. The only thing about UFO sightings is that they will continue to be reported. In the early morning of May 1st, Las Vegas police officers investigated reports of two unknown entities falling from the sky after a family reported something not human in their backyard. One of the family members told an officer that they saw a big creature that was long, 10 feet tall, according to the body camera footage obtained by USA Today. The officer told the family that the descriptions matched the observations another officer saw in the sky eight minutes prior. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence reveals on January 12th, the U.S. government has received over 510 reports of UAPs between late 2004 and mid-2022, with hundreds that have been reported since 2021 alone. The report did not mention the possibility of extraterrestrial life, but said the sightings come continue to occur in restricted or sensitive airspace, highlighting possible concerns for safety of flight or ad- adversary collection activity. UAP sighting over Mexico soccer field. A photo of a supposed UFO hovering above the Estadio Olimpico Benito Juarez soccer stadium 
in Mexico excited researchers, including famous ufologist Jamie Mawson, who described it as a ship of non-human origin. The photo showed a dark flying saucer looking object close to a bright setting sun behind the stadium on January 14th at the Bravos game. FC Juarez's Twitter account tagged Musan in a tweet days after he expressed interest and said the photo had been computer enhanced and analyzed. I share that the case was analyzed with AI equipment and everything indicates that we are facing an unidentified anomalous phenomena, UAP. Scientists call these ships ghosts for being dark objects, Masan wrote on Twitter. Given all of the above, I think that it is a ship of non-human origin. Musan has spent over three decades investigating UFO sightings, including his Mexican TV show, uh, Tercer Millennio, Third Millennium. UAP sightings in Ukraine are presumed to be war technology. Ukrainian astronomers have do reported dozens of UAPs flying over Kiev. Many presume the sightings are military aircraft or drones, as Russia and Ukraine are at war. Kiev's main astronomical observatory published a research paper in late 2022 in coordination with the country's National Academy of Science that focuses on a specific type of UFP called phantoms, which is an object that is completely black, body that does not emit or absorb all radiation falling on it. The paper titled Unidentified Aerial Phenomena 1 Observations shows that the UAPs they observed in Ukraine are too fast to photograph. We see them everywhere. We observe a significant number of objects whose nature is not clear, the researcher said. Flights of a single group and squadrons of the ships were detected, moving at speeds from 3 to 15 degrees per second. Three leaked U.S. Navy UFO videos that the Pentagon declassified. In April of 2020, the Pentagon released three unclassified videos of UAPs to clear misconceptions about whether they were real. The first video was taken in November 2004, showed small flying objects. The clip was leaked in 2007 and was discovered by the U.S. Navy two years later. Two other videos were recorded January 2015, according to the Department of Defense. In a statement, the Defense Department said the Navy's previously acknowledged the videos were Navy videos. After a thorough review, the department has determined that the authorized release of these unclassified or videos does not reveal any sensitive capabilities or systems and does not impinge on any subsequent investigations of military air space incursions by UAPs. The, defensive, the Department of Defense said in a statement Monday, the videos were labeled FLIR-1, Gimbal and Go Fast, and were initially published by the New York Times and the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. Very cool article from USA Today. And with that, we'll take a little break and get right back into hunting for UFOs, UAPs, and aliens. Alright guys, this headline popped up on my news feed and I just had to add it to this episode. Alright, are you ready for it? Arizona Horse Ranch sold after Rancher got sick of fighting off aliens with his samurai sword. I mean, how can I not add this to a UAP alien episode? 
<laughs> All right. So let's begin. This was written by Wes Langler in January of this year. Anyone who thinks aliens don't exist should talk to my man down in Arizona. A few years back, Ed John Edmonds sold his 10-acre horse ranch because he, wait for it, was tired of fighting the aliens. Yep, them aliens. According to NBC, he has endured multiple abduction, abduction attempts and took down 19 individual aliens in the... Let's see. There's some quotes here. It's quoted that they actually levitated her out of bed into the in the master chamber and carried her into the parking lot and tried to draw her up into the craft. Unless you cut the head off and disconnected the antenna, so to speak, they instantly phone home. Even with a razor-sharp sword, it is nearly impossible to decapitate them with one swing. What the crap? Realtor... Kimberly Jarrow said the reaction from the interested buyers has been mixed. Some are very intrigued and have no issues with the history of the property, while others are absolutely scared to death about what may or may not happen to them if they should buy. Ultimately, he was able to sell the place, but no word on alien attacks from the new homeowners. In addition to its paranormal features, the property boasts a ranch house with five bedrooms, four bathrooms, and a large diving pool. Alright, very cool. I will say that article on Whiskey Riff was written in 2023, but whenever I looked up the subject matter, I see that there's stories about this um, situation as early as the New York Post uh, article in October of 2017. Um, it seems like that's where the original story happened. Um, so we're going over to this article. All right. So their version by Gabrielle von Roge is man desperately tries to sell his alien infested ranch. An Arizona man has put his ranch up for sale because he has said he's been harassed for years by aliens who've even tried to abduct his wife, reports said. John Edmonds, owner of the Star Stardust Ranch in Rainbow Valley, about an hour west of Phoenix, is a popular figure in alien believer communities and has publicized the purported encounters with extraterrestrials on Facebook, claiming it's the reason he wanted to sell his ranch. 12 News TV reported, They actually levitated my wife out of bed in the master chamber and carried her into the parking lot and tried to draw her up into a craft, he said, according to the outlet. That is why I want to move. He said that in the past 20 years, he has experienced many strange events involving aliens and claims to have killed more than a dozen extraterrestrials on his ranch. A photo posted to the Facebook in March shows a bloodied samurai sword and a pool of what looks like dried blood from an alien he says he killed March 13th. In another photo, he shows a picture of a wound on his calf and wrote that it was from an alien. Wounds from recent attack here at Starbu 
Stardust Ranch, upper right cav from battle with malevolent E.T., he wrote. The property has been featured on Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel and has garnered international attention. He recommends anyone interested in the $5 million property to be very well grounded. It's not something for a traditional family, but it holds a lot of secrets and what I believe are future opportunities to understand forces that are in the universe. Please be very well grounded because the energy here has a tendency to manifest with whatever is going on with you, he said. All right, very cool article. Again, that one is from 2017. So still a very compelling story. All right. Let's get back into the articles about UAPs. All right, we're over on BBC.com where they have an article, UFOs, Five Revelations from NASA's Public Meeting. All right, let's see. This was written by Mike Welding. American authorities have examined around 800 mysterious reports of unidentified flying objects collected over the decades, but only a small fraction are truly unexplained, a panel of researchers says. NASA set up the panel last year to explain its work on what it calls Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, or UAP. UAP are defined as sightings that cannot be identified as aircraft or known natural phenomena from a scientific perspective. The panel held its first meeting on Wednesday. Here's some of the more revelatory moments. Many, many sightings can be explained, others remain a mystery. We have 50 to 100-ish new reports each month said Sean Kirkpatrick, director of the All-Domain Anomaly Re Resolution Office, or the AARO, part of the U.S. Defense Department. But he said the number of those sightings, which are possibly really anonymous or anomalous, are 2% to 5% of the total database. At one point during the hearing, a video taken by a naval aircraft over western U.S. shows a series of dots moving across the night sky. The military plane was unable to intercept the object, which turned out to be a commercial aircraft heading towards a major airport. Other sightings are more mysterious. A Pentagon report in 2021 said that of 144 sightings by military pilots made since 2004, all but one remain unexplained. Officials did not rule out the possibility that the objects are extraterrestrial. Privacy limits NASA investigations. Mr. Kirkpatrick also noted that privacy concerns limit the agency's investigations. We can point the largest collection appar apparatus into the entire globe at any point we want, he said. A lot of what we have is around the continental United States, he added. Most people don't like it when you, we point our entire collection apparatus at your backyard. UAP-related data is often difficult to interpret and can easily be skewed. David Spurgle, chair of NASA's UAP team, mentioned a burst of radio waves picked up by researchers in Australia. They had really strange structure. People couldn't figure out what was going on. Then they start to notice a lot of them bunched together around lunchtime, he said. 
It turned out that the sensitive instruments used by researchers were picking up signals from a microwave used to heat up their lunches. Scott Kelly, a former astronaut and pilot with decades of experience, told a story about an optical illusion. He and his co-pilot were flying near Virginia Beach, and his colleague was convinced we flew by a UFO. I didn't see it. We turned around, we went to look at it. It turns out it was a balloon. Stigma and harassment hamper research. Commercial pilots are very reluctant to report sightings, Mr. Spurgle said, because the stigma surrounding flying saucers. One of our goals is to remove the stigma, he said, because there is a need for high-quality data to address important questions about UAPs. And some scientists have faced harassment online for their work in the area. Harassment only leads to further stigmatization stigmatization of the UAP field, significantly hindering the scientific process and discouraging others to study this important subject matter, said NASA science chief Nicola Fox. New era of transparency. One of the reasons Wednesday's meeting is so noteworthy is NASA's change of approach. The space agency went decades debunking UFO sightings. At the end of the hearing panel took questions from the public. One was, what is NASA hiding? NASA's Dan Evans replied that the agency is committed to transparency. That is why we're here live on TV today. All right, we're over on The Guardian. Uh, this article is called U.S. Urge to Reveal UFO Evidence After Claim That It Has Intact Alien Vehicles. Whistleblower, former intelligence official, says government possesses intact and partially intact craft of non-human origin. The U.S. has been urged to disclose evidence of UFOs after a whistleblower, former intelligence official, said that the government has possession of intact and partially intact alien vehicles. The former intelligence official, David Grunch, who le led analysis of unexplained anomalous phenomena with the U.S. Department of Defense Agency, has alleged that the U.S. has craft of non-human origin. Information on these vehicles is being illegally withheld from Congress, Grush told the debrief. Grush said when he turned over classified information about the vehicles to Congress, he suffered retaliation from government officials. He left the government in April after a 14-year career in U.S. intelligence. Jonathan Gray, a current U.S. intelligence official at the National Air and Space in Intelligence Center, confirmed the existence of exotic materials to the debrief, adding, We are not alone. The disclosures come after a swell of credible sightings and reports have revived attention in alien ships and potentially visits in recent years. In 2021, the Pentagon released a report on UAP. The term is preferred to UFO by much of the extraterrestrial community, which found more than 140 instances of UAP encounters that could not be explained. The report followed a leak of military footage that showed apparently inexplicable happenings in the sky, while Navy pilots testified that they had frequently had encounters with strange craft off the U.S. coast. In an interview with the debrief journalist Leslie Keen and Ralph Blumenthal, who previously exposed the existence of a secret Pentagon program that investigated UFOs, Grush said the U.S. government and defense contractors 
had been recovering fragments of non-human craft, and in some cases, entire craft, for decades. We are not talking about prosaic origins or identities. The materials include intact and partially intact vehicles. Grush told the debrief that analysis determined that this material is of exotic origin, meaning non-human intelligence, where extraterrestrial or unknown origin. This assessment is based on the vehicle morphologies and material science testing and the possession of unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures, Grush says. Gray, who, according to the debrief, analyzes unexplained anomalous phenomena with, within the NASIC, confirmed Grush's account. The non-human intelligence phenomenon is real. We are not alone, Gray said. Retrievals of this kind are not limited to the United States. This is a global phenomenon, and yet the global si- solution continues to elude us. The debrief spoke to several of Grush's former colleagues, who, each of whom vouched for his character. Carl Nell, a retired Army colonel, said Grush was beyond reproach. In a 2022 performance review seen by the debrief, Grush was described as an officer with the strongest possible moral compass. Nick Pope, who spent the early 1990s investigating UFOs for the British Ministry of Defense, said Grush and Gray's account of alien materials was very significant. It's one thing to have stories on the conspiracy blogs, but this takes it to the next level, with genuine insiders coming forward, Pope said. When these people make these formal complaints, they do so on the understanding that if they knowingly make a false statement, they are liable to a fairly hefty fine and or prison. People say, oh, people make up stories all the time. But I think it's very different to go before Congress and go to the intelligence community inspector general and do that because there will be consequences if it emerges that this is not true. The debrief reported that Grush's knowledge on non-human materials and vehicles was based on extensive interviews with high-level intelligence officers or officials he said he had reported the existence of a UFO material recovery program to Congress. Grush said that the craft recovery operations are ongoing at various levels of activity, and that he knows the specific individuals, current and former, who are involved, the debrief reported. In the debrief article, Grush does not say he has perf- personally seen alien vehicles, nor does he say where they may be being stored. He asked the debris to withhold details of retaliation by government officials due to an ongoing investigation. He also does not specify how he believes the government retaliated against him. In June 2021, a report from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence said that from 2004 to 2021, there were 144 encounters between military pilots and UAP. 80 of which were captured on multiple sensors. Only one of the 144 encounters could be explained with high confidence. It was a large deflating balloon. Following increased interest from the public and some U.S. senators, the Pentagon established the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, charged with tracking UAP in July of 2022. In December last year, the office said it had received several hundred new reports but no evidence so far of alien life. 
The publication of Gretsch's and Gray's claims comes after a panel that the U.S. space agency, NASA, charged with investigating unexplained anomalous phenomena, said stigma around reporting encounters and harassment of those who do report encounters was hindering its work. The Navy pilots who in 2021 shared their experiences of encountered encountering unexplained objects while conducting military flights said they and others had decided against reporting the encounter encounters internally because of fears it would hinder their careers. Harassment only leads to further stigmatization, as we've already read from Nicola Fox. Dr. David Spurgel, the independent chair of NASA's UAP independent study team, told The Guardian he did not know Grush and had no knowledge of his claims. The Department of Defense did not immediately respond to a request for comment. In a statement, a NASA spokesperson said, One of NASA's key priorities is the search for life elsewhere in the universe, but so far, NASA has not found any credible evidence of extraterrestrial life and there is no evidence that UAPs are extraterrestrial. However, NASA is exploring the solar system and beyond to help us answer fundamental questions, including whether we are alone in the universe. Pope said that his work investigating UFOs for the MOD, he had seen no hard evidence of non-human craft or materials. Some of our cases were intriguing, Pope said, but we didn't have a spaceship in a hangar anywhere, and if we did, they didn't tell me. Still, Pope says Gretsch's claims should be seen as part of an increasing flow of information and hopefully disclosures about UFO. He said it's part of a wider puzzle, and I think assuming that it's all true, it takes us closer than we've ever been before to the very heart of all of this. All right, if we go over to Fox News... (laughs) We will see an article, Las Vegas police install cameras on home that reported aliens, family afraid for their safety. A Las Vegas family reported a crashed UFO and told police they had seen 8 to 10 foot creatures that were 100% not human. Las Vegas police were watching the home that reported a tall, skinny alien creature with greenish color that was about 8 to 10 feet tall in their backyard last night, or last month. Body cams from the officers in the area caught a glowing green light streak across the sky from the top right corner until it disappeared in the distance. A family called 911 claimed it was a UFO that crashed in their backyard during the overnight hours between April 30th and May 1st and they told the emergency dispatcher that they came face-to-face with aliens. Since then, Las Vegas police installed cameras on top of their home because the family is afraid for their safety. Police said that in an emailed statement to Fox, after the initial contact with the Las Vegas Metro Police Department, the family at the residence reported they heard noises in their yard and were afraid for their safety, Las Vegas police said. We offered to put cameras up to help ease their concerns of someone coming to harass or harm them. Officers responded to the call that night, but didn't find any definitive proof of aliens or a crashed UFO. The now viral story about an alleged aliens and subsequent police camera installment was first reported by Doug Papa, a Las Vegas-based independent investigative journalist who broke the story on May 22nd podcast. Papa, who focused who typically focuses on corruption, 
has written extensively about the 2017 Las Vegas massacre, told the New York Post that he's a skeptic of UFOs, or UAPs as the government calls them now, and aliens, but said he spoke to the family and believes they have some credibility. The mother told me they came out there and put up cameras, and supposedly to protect the family from people coming to bother them about UFOs, Papa told the Post. But I can tell you right now, cops don't come out and put up expensive video equipment up like that, and they certainly wouldn't for someone calling in a report about a UFO. The Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department has ties to Homeland Security, although it's unclear whether the camera and the department's relationship with the agency are connected. It does have a backstory here. It says, Backstory of Aliens in the Backyard. The story about aliens gripped national attention, especially in the aftermath of UFO whistleblower David Gretsch's claim that the government is running a secret crashed UFO retrieval program and sparked debate about its legitimacy on social media and made its way to Congress. The House Oversight Committee said it's in the early stages of scheduling a UFO or UAP hearing but nothing definitive has been scheduled as of June 17th. A witness to the Las Vegas incident made a YouTube video describing what he saw that night and replayed the 911 recording. And I quote, I looked at it in the eyes and my body just froze like having sleep paralysis. He said in the video, quote, he had a weird looking face, big feet and big shiny eyes and a big mouth. I can hear its loud, deep breathing and its stomach kept moving. He would just stare at me, and seconds later, I could move again. At 12.25 a.m., he called 911 and told dispatchers the large creatures were in his backyard hiding behind a forklift. Quote, they're not human. 100% they're not human, he told the dispatcher in an audio recording. Quote, I swear to God, it's not a joke. It's actually real. At least 21 people across eastern California, Arizona, Nevada, and Utah reported seeing the glowing green light, according to American Meteor Society. The Las Vegas incident, or Grush's explosive comments, have not been confirmed by the government to date. The Pentagon denies secret UFO retrieval program after whistleblower bombshell. The Pentagon told Fox News Digital that there is no verifiable information to substantiate the claims in response to Grush's comments, but several sources know either either know Gresh personally or claim that they have some knowledge of his claims, have told Fox News Digital that he's very credible and vouched for his claims. One person said his impressive resume speaks for itself. And then the last thing on this article, it says Gresh is a former combat officer in Afghanistan who serves the National Reconnaissance Office as the representative to Congress, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force from 2019 to 2021. One of the people Fox News Digital spoke with backed Grush was Jeremy Corbell, an investigative journalist and documentary filmmaker who was the only civilian named during Congress's historic UFO hearing in May 2022. Everything Mr. Grush has asserted appears to be accurate so far, he said. I believe that article was written by Chris Eberhart. All right, let's take a little break and get right back into it after it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This. All right. So now we look at News Nation now, where they have an article. We are not alone. The UFO whistleblower speaks. This is by Andy Gibson, Miguel Sancho, Zoe Lake, Dana Leavitt, Ross Coolhart. It was written July 11th, 2023. All right. So let's begin. For decades, the UFO question has been co-signed to the realm of speculation, conspiracy theory, and science fiction. However, in recent years, serious people have started taking on the subject with more academic approach. The renewed interest has been prompted in part by the recent release of videos purporting to show encounters between American naval aviators and what the Pentagon has labeled unidentified aerial phenomenon. Congress has convened hearings to determine what these UAPs are and what threat, if any, they might pose. If UAP do indeed represent a potential threat to our security, then the capabilities, systems, processes, and sources we use to observe and study or analyze these phenomena need to be classified at appropriate levels, said Scott Bray, Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence. The Department of Defense has established its own team, the AARO, as we've discussed earlier. Its job is basically to investigate and identify what are now hundreds of reported sightings. So far, they have not confirmed any of them to constitute proof of alien life. The U.S. government's official stance, however, remains the same. Human beings are alone. But now, for the first time, a former member of the AARO is speaking out with a stunning story. My name is David Grutch. I am from a blue-collar family in Pittsburgh, and I had the money for college. I always admired people in uniform, and I've always wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. About 18 years ago, he received an Air Force scholarship in physics. He was originally commissioned on active duty and served 14 years in the Air Force. He became a career intelligence officer. Gresh spent time on the ground in Afghanistan and other places he can't mention, before rotating back to Washington, D.C. In my last position, which I left in April of 2023, I co-led the UAP portfolio for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and some of the highest officials within the Defense Department and intelligence community used to call on me to advise them on some of the hardest target sets that the country had, Grush said. He told News Nation he was entrusted with some of the country's most intimate secrets. The most earth-shattering of those secrets, he claims, were revealed after 2019, when he was invited to join the UAP task force. I have based on my full security clearance and multiple polygraph lie detector tests, had the ability to read into any program that I needed. At one point in time, I was extremely highly cleared. During that time, Grush claims the UAP task force was refused access to a broad crash retrieval program. 
These are retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles. Call it spacecraft if you will. Non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed, he said. Grush told News Nation that the U.S. is in possession of quite a number of these non-human vehicles. He said he didn't believe it at first. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived. People start to confide in me, approaching me. I had plenty of senior, former intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me that they were part of a program. He said, they named the program. I've never heard of it. They told me based on their oral testimony, and they provided me documents and other proof that there was in fact a program that the UAP task force was not read into. Grush, however, is hesitant to use the term alien life. I couch it as somebody who studied physics, where, you know, maybe they're coming from a different physical dimension as described in quantum mechanics. We know there are extra dimensions due to high-energy particle collisions, etc. And there's the theoretical framework to explain that, he said. In other words, Grush believes humans are not alone. He said there is potentially extraterrestrial life out there. He's never personally seen non-human intelligence, but says he's spoken to enough people directly involved in what he calls the program that he's convinced that it's real. I started out as a non-believer. I came to the problem as a hardcore physics guy, intel officer, he said. So I have, you know, excuse my language, high bullshit factor. I was very methodical, interviewing people who didn't know each other and making sure this wasn't some kind of cover-up of some other program. Grush says he pressed to gain direct access to the program, and that's when the trouble started. He claims his investigation was stimmied, and his requests for access were rebuffed. They shut the door in my face. They denied me access to those programs, he said. Soon after, he says he endured reprisals and retaliations from above. He reported that inf information to Intelligence Community Inspector General and eventually filed a whistleblower, whistleblower complaint. The experience, he said, is why he decided to go public in a recent article in The Debrief written by Leslie Keen. Grush says he is not being paid for any testimonials, but rather is doing it out of sense of service. Call me a Boy Scout or whatever. It's just when I was... When I saw the kind of wrongdoing I did, I don't want to be 60 or 70 years old in the future and have that, you know? Could have, should have, would have kind of feeling where I could have made a difference. I did not want to live a life of regret. And his conviction remains the same. We're definitely not alone, he said. The data points quite empirically that we are not alone. He says the United States has intact spacecraft in its possession, and possibly bodies. Well, naturally, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed, sometimes you encounter dead pilots. Or, believe it or not, as fantastical as it sounds, it's true, Grush said. He told News Nation that he has seen some interesting photos and read some very interesting reports. However, he says the specific documents and photos that would prove his claims are still classified, and he cannot disclose them here. When asked about his credibility and why his claims should be taken seriously, 
Gresh pointed to his credentials. Well, we provided the proof internally to the Inspector General and went into all the details, he said. I mean, I have credentials. I was an intelligence officer on the UAP task force. Allegations of aliens and their spacecraft are hard to accept. Even coming from a respected insider, the notion comes with obvious questions. How could such non-human aircraft travel to Earth in the first place and go undetected by general public? Grush says the craft may not be traveling through space as we understand it. It is well-established fact, at least mathematically, and based on empirical observation and analysis, that more likely that there are most likely are physical, additional spatial dimensions, he said. And you can imagine four or five-dimensional space, where what we experience is linear time, ends up being physical dimension in higher dimensional space where you were living there. You could translate across what we perceive as a linear flow. So there is a possibility that this is a theory here. I'm not saying this is 100% the case, but it could be that this is not necessary, necessarily extraterrestrial, but is actually coming from a higher dimensional physical space than that might be co-located right here. Grush says he's certain that the materials the crafts are made of are not of our planet. Based on the very specific properties that I was briefed on, isotopic ratios that have to be engineered for it to be at those levels, but also just extremely strange heavy atomic metal high up in the periodic table. Arrangements that we don't understand. You know what the emergent properties are, but there's just very strange mix of elements, he said. And while Grush says the U.S. has gleaned some insight from these materials for military use, much more could be done if academia and the private sector had access. It's totally nuts that humanity as a whole, especially U.S. citizenry as a whole, they're not even benefiting from broad research on this to solve propulsion, energy issues, novel material science that could prove that could improve people's quality of life, he said. It's just totally nuts how it's been protected and inhibits progress. Grush believes that there is a sophisticated disinformation campaign in the United States with regard to non-human life and aircraft. He also made stunning claims that go back to the famous Roswell incident. At the time, there were multiple witnesses who said there were bodies recovered from the alleged Roswell aircraft. You might want to trust some of these witnesses, Grush said. In 1947, an object crashed in New Mexico near the town of Roswell. The U.S. Air Force recovered material that was described as metallic and rubbery, though the government changed its story as to what was called it was calling a flying disc at first to a weather or spy balloon. But the reports like Roswell date even further back. It's long been known that the regime of Italian dictator Benito Mussolini documented number of numerous UOP, UAP. An internal memo from the Italian Secret Service includes crude drawings of the UAPs. In 1933 was the first recovery in Europe in Magenta, Italy, says Grush, they recovered a partially intact vehicle. 
Most believe that the Roswell incident has been thoroughly debunked. In fact, the Air Force published a report in 1994 to put the issue to rest once and for all. Grush has read it. That analysis, this is what he's saying, that analysis they did was a total hack job, he said. I mean, even anybody with analytical skills, if you read it, you can deduce that they're complete, completing multiple situations, crash test dummies, and movable dunes. They, the Air Force, is just saying that the townsfolk who personally witnessed it were totally imagining things. They concocted the whole report just to disinform. As to why Gresh believes the Air Force and the U.S. government maintain a degree of secrecy, he believes it is, in his words, feudalistic dominance and fuel in the war machine. He claims that through the 50s and 60s, encounters with non-human aircraft continued, as did the alleged cover-up. One incident in 1967 was about which multiple Air Force veterans had gone public, involving UAPs tampering with nuclear missiles at the Mal Malmstrom Air, Air Base in Montana. Officials observed a craft that appeared to be intelligently controlled hovered over the nuclear weapons. The silo and 10 nuclear ICBM missiles were shut down. It certainly looks like they, non-human organisms, want to understand how far we've advanced in our nuclear fizzle kind of technologies. At least, very least, Crush hypothesized. Meanwhile, he claims that the crash retrieval program continued. While he won't reveal where the downed craft are stored, he does say people working with technology have been putting themselves at risk. A lot of them were injured looking at some of the stuff. You can imagine the nuclear, radiological, and biological risks to looking at an unknown. And a lot of them have literally suffered physically because of their service. Are attitudes in Washington changing? Footage captured by naval aviators' military-grade cameras in 2015 may be changing the minds of some lawmakers in Washington. The videos were leaked in 2017, then officially released by the Pentagon in 2020. At the time, it seemed the Pentagon may have finally abandoned secrecy and decided to do what some countries have been doing for decades establish a properly funded, publicly accountable team to investigate reports of UAP. David Grush was part of that team. He says, however, that the promised new age of government transparency is a fallacy. For starters, he says the videos that have been released are just the tip of the iceberg. There are many videos that are totally fair to release through declassification process, he said. I find it very concerning from a transparency perspective that all the department has declassified were those three famous videos. There are more concerning videos that left me with a lot more questions. He says there are credible witnesses who could testify before Congress about spacecraft, big spacecraft. A lot of them were very large, very large, like a football field kind of size, Grush said. Grush says the aircraft retrieval team includes at least one private aerospace company that is storing alien craft. High-level officials in the U.S. government and even presidents have categorically denied that the aircraft retrieval unit exists. Just a few weeks ago, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, head of the 
Pentagon's UAP investigation program, told Congress that his team has found no credible evidence thus far of extraterrestrial activity or objects that defy the known laws of physics. While a large number of casings, cases in our holdings remain technically unresolved, this is primarily due to the lack of data associated with those cases, Kirkpatrick told lawmakers. Grush said he expressed some concerns with Kirkpatrick about a year ago. I told him what I was starting to uncover, and he didn't follow up with me. He has my phone number. He could have called me, says Grush. I hope he ultimately does the right thing. He should be able to make the same investigative discoveries that I did. In movies, aliens are sometimes portrayed as peaceful, even cuddly. Grush doesn't think they're that friendly. I think the logical fallacy there is because they're advanced, they're kind. We'll never really understand their full intent, and that's because we're not them. But I think what appears to, to be malevolent activity has happened. That's based on nuclear site probing activities and witness testimony. When asked if human beings have been injured or killed by non-human intelligence, Grush avoided getting into details. While I can't get into specifics because that would reveal certain U.S. classified operations, I was briefed by a few individuals on the program that there were malevolent events like that, he said. But if this non-human intelligence is so advanced, and at least some of them are malevolent, why haven't they destroyed us already? Grush has written an internal document about his discoveries that refers to agreements that risk putting our future in jeopardy. That's the kind of information I really hope national leadership is able to get to the bottom of, Grush said. We do not know of at least one, we do know of at least one agreement among humans that's no, worth noting. A 1971 agreement between the US and the USSR on measures to reduce the risk of nuclear war. Whether or not you believe David Grush, the document proves the two superpowers were aware that UAP existed, whatever they were. Grush believes the U.S. government will do anything to keep these secrets safe. At the very least, I saw substantiative, substantiative evidence that white-collar crime was committed, he said. When asked if people have been killed to protect the alleged secret, Grush again gave few details. Yeah, unfortunately. I heard some really un-American things I don't want to repeat right now. Grush's credibility. Here's what he doesn't have. He doesn't have a smoking gun, documents, or photos. He doesn't have official confirmation of his claims. News Nation has confirmed through multiple sources that he is who he says he is an Air Force veteran from Pittsburgh who worked in military intelligence and was part of the UAP task force. Grush said he does not suffer from any mental illness. I'm not an, a disgruntled employee, he said. I resigned on my own accord because I thought altruistically it would be more appropriate to show leadership on the outside. Here's the proof Grush said he does have in his own words. Based on the credentialed people that came to me, some of the subjects provided me with sensitive foreign intelligence to read, program documents, and photos to evaluate. 
and then describe in very specific detail how all of this worked. And they were telling me the exact extremely specific details that it all checked out. Perhaps the best reason to believe Grush may be the whistleblower complaint he filed. It appears to not have fallen on deaf ears. They, the Inspector General, found after interviewing myself, the subjects, and other subjects that I'm not even cognizant of who they were, they found my complaint urgent and credible for intelligence committees, he said. Grush has since left the government and was not part of the AARO during the most recent congressional hearings when more UAPs were revealed, including one captured by a drone in the Middle East in 2022. His whistleblower case will take months to conclude. In the meantime, he says he's starting a scientific foundation, and he's willing to speak to anyone in Washington who has the clearance and the desire to hear the classified information he could not share with News Nation. I'm happy to further brief elected officials on specific ecosystem, the secrecy, down to fine details, he said. All right, very cool. I think that's basically what made me want to do this UFO episode is because I was hearing more and more about this whistleblower and all that he was saying that he knew from his credentials uh, or his clearance. I think it's a pretty cool concept. Um, and if it is being covered up, why? (laughs) Um, like me, the commoner, let's just put that into perspective. Me, the commoner, I'm not a physicist or an expert in quantum mechanics or anything. I'm basically an observer, a worker bee, if you will. Me having knowledge that there's something else out there with advanced technology, it excites me. Um, It unnerves me a little bit, but I'm not going to go like freak out and buy like a doomsday bunker or anything. So I don't know why the secrecy from the public. I could see an argument for maybe like wanting to harvest that kind of technology and not give it to your adversaries your human adversaries um in different countries and stuff like that i get that um if there's military applications but like i say on so many of my episodes on cryptids or bigfoot or whatever have you i think it would further advance human understanding of what we're doing here and where we fit in all of it you know if if they just told us what they know (laughs) so it's like yeah aliens exist they're not from outer space they're from a side dimension that's like right there uh yeah i can't explain it all but that's that's what they are that's what the latest scientists told us you know it's like if that came out i'd be like oh cool well i really don't understand the math behind any of that but oh well (laughs) you know So as long as they weren't an immediate danger to us, it's just like our adversaries here on Earth. It's like, if they're not an immediate threat to me, the commoner, okay, cool. Like, it's not going to change my life very much, you know? So unless these aliens or, 
you know, the owners of these UAPs were malevolent, like they were saying, some of them could be, and in an immediate threat to us, you know, then that would make sense why they would keep it a secret, but also they should maybe warn us of the danger and what to do or something. I don't know. I digress. <laughs> That's my little rant about that one. All right, let's take a little break and then get into some TikToks. All right, I'm going over to an article that was written by New York Magazine. Um, it's talking about the claims that the whistleblower Grutch um, told us. Um, and basically, all of it matches up except for this one little piece that wasn't in the previous article from News Nation, which is the Vatican was in on a UFO cover-up. Grush claimed that the first UFO case he was briefed on involved a vehicle down in Italy in 1933. So far, this matches up with what we were told in News Nation. The Mussolini government had allegedly kept it in storage until the near end of World War II. That is when Pope, Pi Pope Pius XII back-channeled the existence of the object to the United States which obtained it in 1944 or 1945. I just thought that was a cool thing that was left out of the previous article that was actually pretty interesting, that the Vatican or the Pope is involved in anything that I report on would be noteworthy. <laughs> All right, moving on. This call from this guy who's a tenured Stanford medical school professor. And he wants to come on the show. He comes on and he's like, 11 years ago, the U.S. government reached out to me because I'm an expert on head injuries, on brain injuries, traumatic brain injuries, as a physician. And they had all these court cases from families of U.S. servicemen, over 100, who'd been killed by UFOs. And the Department of Defense was refusing to give them death benefits or medical benefits. Why isn't this on the front page of the New York Times? I don't know. But he goes, I'm involved in it. I'm the... You know, I'm one of the researchers, I'm the expert witness in these cases. Holy shit, what does that mean? And he's like, for example, uh, UFOs appear to be attracted for whatever reason to nuclear energy. So at nuclear missile bases in the upper Midwest, for example, nuclear powered aircraft carriers, nuclear powered submarines are all getting buzzed by these objects, including underwater. And in a number of cases, these things have landed on military bases, including famously in Germany, in West Germany in the 70s, and servicemen have approached them. Like, what is this thing? There's this like giant glowing thing on the base. And they approach and they get traumatic brain injury. Like they are rendered. Yeah, like, yeah. They get brain damage or they're killed. And he studied their brains. And they have, this is all totally real. This is not, this is the Department of Defense, dude. And they've all had this damage from some kind of powerful energy that we cannot identify. So then this guy's like, wow, he's just a scientist. He never believed in UFOs. He's like, this is real. I cannot believe this is real. This is like crazy. She was doing research on it. He's still at Stanford. And it turns out that actually, yes, these things have been shot down and crashed and the U.S. government has the wreckage and it's being held by defense contractors. These objects whose behavior defies physics, like that just explodes too many categories in my head. I just can't deal with it. And I think that's part of it. But I'll tell you this, the most interesting from my perspective, cons 
it's, I don't know if it's a consensus, but a lot of people, serious people, not crazy people who study this stuff, U.S. government employees seem to believe that these objects are coming from under the oceans. So the conventional view is they're coming in from outer space. There's not actually a lot of that. You know, something enters the atmosphere, we can see it on yeah, satellite, yeah. and there's not any evidence of that, actually. Maybe it's happening, but we don't know that it is. There's a lot of evidence these things are coming out of the ocean, including videotape, of these objects coming out of the water at high speed, or even more amazing, descending at Mach 3 into the water. And then, of course, we have a huge submarine what fleet. The fuck? What the fuck? 1928 Admiral Byrd led an expedition that uncovered an advanced city within Antarctica. And now in 2023, Tucker Carlson is talking on proof UFOs come from within the oceans. Save this video because you know they like to silence the truth. Gets his call. All right. So, again, that was from uh, Tucker Carlson's take on UFOs and them coming from the ocean. Uh, recently, Tucker Carlson's credibility was called into question, but he did mention um, the thing about the contractors holding these crafts that they recover, and that's the same thing that the whistleblower Grush uh, told us, was that um, contractors, basically outside the government kind of thing, um, are being paid to house these things, so... All right, let's, uh, and that, that video I just shared with you guys, um, that comes from May 15th. Um, so that was before Grush came out with the whistleblower stuff. So, all right, let's keep going. UFOs exist. The U.S. government found quite a number of them, and they are indeed of non-human origin. Those are the explosive allegations from a former intelligence officer tonight in a whistleblower complaint that the inspector general is taking very seriously. 36-year-old Air Force veteran David Grush is exposing what he calls a top-secret military program that has reportedly found wreckage of fully intact UFOs. The government now calls them UAPs, or Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. For years, there have been whispers and rumors that the government had aircraft of non-human origin. This report is the first evidence it might be true. The inspector general has called Grush's complaint urgent and credible. Tonight, we have a world television exclusive interview with the whistleblower in which he claims we not only have the aircraft, but the government has been keeping much of it secret from Congress and from the public. UFOs exist. All right, so that was posted, you know, at the beginning of June. So that was about the whistleblower stuff. Um, and it's really cool to see it on mainstream uh, media. Um, there are some people that ask why our attention is all on Grush and this whistleblower UFO thing. And it's kind of like the crazy event that takes our attention from other crazy events that come up during the time like whenever remember whenever ebola was a huge scare and nobody wanted to get it and everybody was scared of it and then it suddenly just disappeared you know things like that like why are you showing us this and only this what should we be looking at kind of thing but if you have that mentality you might turn into a conspiracy theorist but if you're living in today's times and not a conspiracy theorist what are you doing <laughs> because some of this stuff is true all right, I digress. Let's see here. Guys, 
Bad news, aliens are officially here. Let's dive in. Okay, so to get right to it, this former intelligent officer, David Charles Grooch, made a career change to whistleblower, and he started off his new job by giving a bunch of classified info to Congress about deeply covert programs. And according to this dude, these programs have retrieved intact and partially intact craft of non-human origins. And after research, I've found that only dudes make spaceships. So that means the only other people who could have made it are aliens. Apparently, Congress was like, no, nah, we can't present this. And he was like, you know what, dudes? I'm a whistleblower. That's illegal. I'm going to lawyer my ass up so I can grab the mic and tell the world what's good. And to add fuel to the BBQ, a bunch of other intelligent officers have come forward to corroborate this dude with uh, similar stories. So it's legit. So I just want to say, I'm stoked that the aliens are <laughs> That guy sounded like we could be friends. <laughs> But yeah, it basically that's his interpretation of the whistleblower stuff. All right, let's see what this one has. In a somewhat frightening revelation, Grush claims the non-human species may not be friendly. I've been told that there have been attempts to bring down craft, that we've acted offensively against non-human craft. There have been instances, and there are uh, certain techniques. Have human beings been hurt or killed by a non-human intelligence? Well, I can't get into the specifics because that would reveal uh, certain U.S. classified uh, operations. Uh, I was briefed by a few individuals on the program that there were um, malevolent events like that. Grush says he has to be careful about providing detail. He These are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft if you will, non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. In a somewhat frightening revelation, Grush claims the non-human species may not be friendly. I've been told that there have been attempts to bring down craft. Um, there are, uh, there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain uh, how they moved, their trajectory. Uh, they, they did not have... Um, an easily explainable pattern. Imagine a technology that can do six to seven hundred G-forces, that can fly at 13,000 miles an hour, that uh, it can evade radar, and that can fly through air and water and possibly space, and oh, by the way, has no obvious signs of propulsion, no wings, no control surfaces, and yet still can defy the natural effects of Earth's gravity. That's precisely what we're seeing. The government has already stated for the record that they're real. I'm not telling you that. The United States government is telling you that. They seem to, these vehicles seem to have unlimited loiter time, which we don't have. And the acceleration is beyond any, far beyond anything that we, that we're capable of. Well, I don't believe they're coming from foreign adversaries. Uh, if they were, why, that would suggest that they have a technology which is in a whole different sphere than anything we understand. Uh, and, and frankly, China and Russia just aren't there. Do we have any sensors underwater uh, to uh, detect on submerged UAPs? 
uh, anything that is in the ocean or in the seas. So I think uh, that would be more appropriately addressed in closed session. So now, I know what you've seen is what those Navy pilots saw in 2004, and there have been some 300 sightings since then. And I've talked to those pilots, and they know they saw something, and their radars locked onto it. And, and then all of a sudden, it was here on the surface, and then it's there. Uh, and they don't know what it is, and we don't know what it is. Lieutenant Graves told us pilots training off the Atlantic coast see things like that all the time. Every day. Every day for at least a couple of years. Um, Wait a minute, every day for a couple of years? Mm -hmm. uh, I think some of the phenomena we'll be seeing it, but it continues to be uh, unexplained and um, might in fact be some type of phenomena that is the result of something that um, we don't yet understand and that could involve some type of activity that some might uh, say uh, constitutes a, a, a different form of life. And the main issues that Congress and others have been concerned about are basically safety of flight concerns and counterintelligence issues. But of course, there's always the question of, is there something else that we simply do not understand that might come extraterrestrially? The immediate concern is very twofold. One, this is a technology that we don't completely understand. And it seems to be defying our understanding of physics. And secondly, whoever's operating it or whoever's behind it, these aerial phenomena, seems to be keenly interested in our military capabilities. You know, there's a tendency for the UAP sightings and developments to occur around military assets, especially, it seems, around our naval assets. The fact that this is in our airspace and it's real, that's when it becomes compelling and that's when it becomes problematic. The question is, what is it? What are its intentions? What are its capabilities? Who is out there? Who are we? How did we get here? How did we become as we are? Who am I to say that planet Earth is the only location of a life form that is civilized and organized like ours? All right. And that video was from the UAP repository. And that was released in May, so before the whistleblower. So pretty cool how it relates, you know. Um, I see, you know, some a few more videos. We'll just get into them. But we start tonight with something. I, I couldn't believe this story when it broke late today. Totally out of this world. It's hard to think of anything that frankly, is more significant than this tonight. According to what is now an explosive expose in the publication, The Debrief, a former Intel official turned whistleblower has given Congress and the Intel community, Inspector General, extensive classified information about deeply covert programs that he says possess retrieved and intact and partially intact craft of non-human origin. 
Now, this whistleblower is not, is not some kook. His name is David Charles Grush, and he's a decorated former combat officer in Afghanistan, as well as a veteran of the National Geospatial Intel Agency and the National Reconnaissance Office. Now, it was in that office where he served as the representative to the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. Here he is in his own words. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft, if you will. Uh, it's probably not the right parlance, but uh, no kidding, non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. Are they electric vehicles? No. But like other whistleblowers we've heard from of late, the government bureaucracy will undoubtedly try to discredit Mr. Grish's account. But anticipating the fallout, he's warning that such ongoing government denial of this 80-year arms race, what he calls it, would be extremely dangerous for mankind, inhibiting our ability to be prepared for an unexpected non-human intelligence contact scenario. See, that's what I'm talking about. The regular common person... You know, just because we had knowledge of, like, these things existing doesn't mean we would go crazy and riot in the streets. It would mean, okay, tell us what you know so that we can possibly protect ourselves if needed. You know? It's like, I don't know. I'm not about censorship. <laughs> but let's keep going. Um, a lot of these have to do with uh, the whistleblower um, so I'm kind of looking around at something we haven't covered. I know this one video is of the White House press secretary uh, referring any questions about the UAPs or the whistleblower to the Department of Defense. Right. <laughs> yeah, to me, I know it's getting on the conspiracy bandwagon, but to me, that's like, yeah, I know things, but I'm not at liberty to tell you. <laughs> All right. Let's hear that uh, bizarre 911 call we were talking about earlier from Las Vegas. I believe I saw somewhere, and we might get into it in a later article, that it's been debunked already. But I haven't run across that yet, so let's let's go ahead and listen. Please call. Everybody will be talking about. Thanks for joining us here at six o'clock. I'm Denise Valdez. I'm Brian Loftus. A family says something crashed into their backyard, prompting them to call nine one one, saying they saw creatures walking around. Our eight news now investigators digging into this for weeks now, and tonight our David Sharns with the video you will only see on eight news now. David, our Denise sources telling the eight news now investigators that several agencies believe something landed or crashed, whether it was non-humans or not it certainly scared the people living on this property now before we show you that video listen to their call for help there's like an eight foot person beside it and another one's inside and it has big eyes and looking at us and it's so good okay where is this on your property uh, uh in my backyard 
Is it, I swear to God, this is not a joke. This is actually we, so we, two, we terrified of it. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're okay. like eight foot. Nine feet, ten foot, I don't know. They're, they look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes, okay. like, like I can't explain it. And big mouth. They're tiny eyes and... And they're not human. They're hundred percent. They're not human. Okay. Well, the aid is now investigators obtaining video as officers then responded to the call you just heard. You'll see the officers also saw something in the sky that night. But the big question is, what was it, and is it all connected? It's almost midnight on May 1st when a Las Vegas Metro Police officer's body cam catches this, something flashing low in the sky. 911 emergency. Minutes later. There's a, there's like an eight-foot person beside it and another one's inside and it has big eyes and looking at us and it's still there. Someone calls 911 reporting two large figures in their backyard. Oh, I'm so nervous right now. The 8 News Now investigators obtaining another officer's video as he's sent to the Northwest Valley home. I have butterflies, bro. Uh, I've only thought of shooting stars, and these people say there's aliens in their backyard. By now, it's more than an hour after that bright light. Officers meeting up with the caller and his family. What did you see? It was like a... Like a big creature. A big creature? Yeah, like a long testing top. I'm not gonna BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky too, so that's yeah. why I'm kind of curious. Did you see anything land in your backyard? Or? They see like a big. That's what they say. They see like a big, uh, like a big something with light. What I saw right now, I do believe in it. The police walk into the backyard to investigate, but Metro blacked out that part of the video because it's considered private property. What's clear? They're taking this call seriously. Hey, this might sound like a really dumb question, but did you guys see anything fall out of the sky? Asking others what they yeah. saw. Uh, I would normally discount it as nothing. However, um, seeing as one of my partners said they saw it too, only reason I'm actually investigating it further. That investigation turning up no concrete answers as of Wednesday. Whatever or whoever fell into that yard, long gone within minutes. Oh, hey. If those nine foot beings come back, don't call us, all right? Deal with it yourself. That, I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is quite weird, Brian was saying during, as we're watching this story. Now, we've been in, been in contact with the family in that video, and as you heard in that 911 call, they seem very reasonable mm -hmm. and honestly quite scared as you heard them in the call. No, um, it, they don't seem impaired in any way. And whatever crashed by the time the police got there was gone. But sources say that there's really no dispute. Something was in their yard. Exactly what? We do not know. I mean, it's so interesting. All right. So that was the news covering that. Right now, one of the biggest stories in UFOs since basically ever, if this is true, is happening right now. And it's on all the major news stations. Check this out. It's talking about the whistleblower. Essentially, a whistleblower from the top Pentagon spot came out and literally said, yeah, well, the government's been lying to y'all. This is what's going on. Now formally blowing the whistle on secrets he says no one has ever shared publicly before. He is speaking one-on-one -on -one with investigative reporter Ross Coldheart reporting for News Nation. The entire American public has been lied to for decades. Yeah, there's a sophisticated uh, disinformation campaign targeting the U.S. populace, which is extremely unethical and immoral. Y'all hear what he just said there? 
Did you hear that? Because listen to this. This is another senator who talked about this a while ago that confirms exactly what he just said. Listen to this. For us and the American people to understand are the facts that haven't been said today. And the reason why they haven't been said is that they are largely classified. And the reason that's important is that the American people have no idea, really no idea, about the immensity of the threat in space. And I've made this comment in a classified setting that I wish the American people could be present in this room, not this room, but the stiff, because our adversaries know what they are doing. We know what they are doing. They know we know what they are doing, but the American people have no idea. Y'all, that is some tight information, literally just a few years apart, but that was stated. Okay, let's carry on with this story. Campaign targeting the U.S. populace, which is extremely unethical and immoral. You are saying to the human race, for the first time, an official intelligence representative at a high level from the U.S. government is saying publicly, we are not alone. We're definitely not alone. Absolutely, the data points empirically that we're not alone, yeah. Do we have bodies? Do we have species? Well, naturally, um, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed, um, sometimes you encounter um, dead pilots. And uh, believe it or not, as as fantastical as that sounds, it's true. He went back and checked over, um, you know, his history, all of his credentials. He checked, checked out. out. Checked out completely. Uh, unfortunately, there's In really... addition, a couple of people have come forward publicly to vouch for him, people who are high-ranking. They have. They have. And uh, this article first came out this morning, and I think it's interesting that, you know, there hasn't been any sort of effort to discredit what he has said uh, either from the debate. All right. So that was another video. I think it's pretty clear, you know, in these videos is a lot what we're talking about in the articles I've been reading um, about the same subject. Um, one thing that I came across that was not about the whistleblower was, of course, there was a, a green light shown in the uh, on Jupiter, you know, and then they were talking about... Um, that rock that they thought could be from outside of our universe or outside of our, it's not universe. It's uh, our galaxy. Um, but here's the video on that. Umuamua just returned and something weird is happening. That might even explain why Umuamua was headed straight for the earth and then suddenly decided to go another way. Maybe it had already gathered all the data needed and that's why it switched paths and headed back outside our solar system. In a surprising turn of events, it's back. Michio Kaku just announced Umuamua just returned, and something weird is happening. Some experts say Umuamua could be an artificial creation crafted by an extraterrestrial civilization. The theory is based on a few interesting things about Umuamua. First, its shape is unusual. Instead of being round like most things in space, it's long and thin, like a cigar. It's much longer than it is wide, which is different from anything we've seen before. Another strange thing is how Umuamua moved. 
It didn't follow the normal patterns of gravity that we're used to. Some people think that it could have been propelled by a special type of engine or technology created by aliens. They suggest that it might have been using a light sail to catch the energy from stars and push itself forward. The idea is that Oumuamua could be a piece of an advanced alien spaceship or equipment. It could have been sent by aliens to explore other star systems. Some believe that its journey through our solar system was part of a deliberate mission. What's also intriguing is that Oumuamua didn't have a tail or release gas like most comets or asteroids. One of the intriguing aspects of Oumuamua's behavior during its passage through our solar system is its unexpected acceleration that we talked about. All right, let's take a break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. So the last video was basically saying that Oumuamua was gaining speed and no one knew how. Kinetically, it shouldn't be accelerating at the rate that it was, having no visible propulsion. Um, that's why many think that it is of non-human technology. Um, but I digress. There is a article in the Jerusalem Post that I wanted to get to. It's called Alien Expert. They don't come in peace. Malcolm Robinson is one of the leading alien experts in Britain and wrote over 10 books on the subject. After analyzing lots of incidents connected with aliens during the last decades, while according to him, most alien sightings have relatively simple explanations Robinson claims that there are still a lot of sightings he couldn't explain. The mystery is real. Talking to the Daily Star, he said, Whilst a large proportion of UFOs can be explained away as having natural explanations, only a few remain. And it is to that small 1% that I and my colleagues worldwide are trying to get to the bottom. What is in no doubt is that the UFO enigma is real very real. It has been with us throughout time. We see this in Renaissance paintings and old cave paintings, these strange shapes and entities. We asked about what they could want from us humans. Robinson answered, they have an agenda for sure. We can spec, we can, but speculate. I wouldn't say they are peaceful due to the thousands of UFO abductions worldwide. The renowned researcher was pulled into the world of UFO when he was 20 years old, when he tried to prove that all the sightings were invented, and he failed. I started out to disprove these subjects, as honestly, I felt that there was no validity to UFOs, he explained. How wrong was I? Since then, he began to give presentations in Britain, Europe, and the U.S., where he discussed his theories with people like Amanda Holden and Steven Spielberg. Later, he founded the first Association for UFOs and Paranormal Activity in Scotland, 
Strange Phenomena Investigations in 1979. When asked how aliens look, in his opinion, Robinson said that most frequent sightings that are reported don't look different from the creatures we usually see in films and television. These are small, childlike creatures, about three to four feet in height, with blue-gray translucent skin, large pear-shaped heads with inky black wraparound eyes, no sign of any genitalia. These small grays are the most commonly reported entities seen in close proximity to UFOs. The abductions. His long years of research led him to analyze some dramatic incidents, including the first reported alien abduction that happened on August 17, 1992, where two residents of Edinburgh, Gary Wood and Colin Wright, were supposedly abducted. When he wrote about the incident in one of his best-selling books, Robinson described, the pair were subjected to an astonishing and frightening experience which stayed to, with them to this day. They were driving on the A70 road, a stretch described as desolate, when they were stopped in front of a two-tiered disc-shaped object which looked decidedly out of place, hovering 20 feet above the road. Some days after, the pair noticed that they had lost their memory and started to suffer from headaches. After a short while, the expert got involved to analyze the incident and sent the two to hypnosis in order to get a better understanding of what happened that night. The hypnotherapist was Helen Walters, a dear friend of mine and someone who would treat both Gary and Colin with the utmost care, he wrote. During the hypnosis, they remembered that three small entities took them into the flying object and held them there for a certain period. Robinson concluded, Their lives may have changed, but they are still the men they were, albeit with a different perspective on life. Alright, we go over to sci-fi.com where there's an article written in 2021 about the Harvard professor that risked his reputation to study alien abduction cases. If you believe in the existence of aliens, some might consider you a crackpot with a tinfoil hat. If you're a Harvard professor with a PhD who believes in the existence of aliens, well, let's just say that might raise even more eyebrows. One academic, however, dared to fly in the face of everything to study alien abduction cases. That would be John E. Mack, whose fascinating story takes center stage in the fourth and final episode of Showtime's UFO docuseries, which aired earlier this evening. Born John Edward Mack in 1929, the future academic attended Oberlin College as an undergraduate before pursuing his medical degree at Harvard, where he would later work and teach as a psychiatrist. Right... By the early 1990s, Mack found himself interested in studying individuals who claimed to have been abducted by extraterrestrials, people he dubbed experiencers. He believed them when no one else would. With a grant from Lawrence Rockefeller, he began the program for extraordinary experience research. His contemporaries were skeptical, but he forged on, determined to bring UFOs and aliens into the modern or er, into the world of modern science. To be fair, though, Mack himself was also skeptical at first, like any good scientist would be. He admitted to being raised in a materialistic household, but ultimately found that formative philosophy turned on its head once he began interviewing experiencers. In 
When I heard about this phenomenon in 1990, I was very doubtful. I thought it must be some kind of mental illness, he told the Washington Post during the interview conducted in mid-90s. I came gradually to the conclusion that I could not find any psychiatric explanation or other explanation except some kind of trauma happened to them. His findings led to the publication of two books, Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens in 1994, and Passport to the Cosmos, Human Transformation and Alien Encounters in 1999. I've been criticized for it, he added to the post, but on the other hand, this is a matter that is important to the public at large, as well as the professional community. In academic circles, one can look askance when a professor goes on a popular television show like that. These people suffer from no obvious psychiatric disorder, except the effects of traumatic experience, and were reporting with powerful emotion what to them were utterly real experiences, he wrote in Abduction. Furthermore, these experiences were sometimes associated with UFO sightings by friends, family members, or others in the community, including media reporters and journalists and frequently left physical traces on the individual's body, such as cuts or smaller ulcers that would tend to heal rapidly and follow no apparent psychodynamically identifiable pattern as do, for example, religious stigmata. In short, I was dealing with a phenomenon that I felt could not be explained psychiatrically, yet was simply not possible within the framework of Western scientific worldview. Mac died at the age of 74 when he was hit by a drunk driver while crossing the street in London in 2004. This led some to believe the doctor was assassinated by shadowy elements because he was getting too close to the truth. Of course, no evidence supporting that conspiracy theory has been unearthed. Right... And then they made a docu-series using some of his stuff. All right. Let's go over to popular mechanics. They have six solid reasons to actually believe in aliens by Daisy Hernandez. It's written May of this year. Are aliens real? We don't know for sure, but we want to believe. Outer space is a vast expanse that we have so much more to learn about which is why it's hard to flat out deny the possibility that other intelligent life forms exist. If life can exist and persist in seclusion in some of the harshest conditions on Earth, it's likely that other interplanetary life forms have evolved and acclimated to conditions in space too. As the renowned science fiction writer Arthur Clarke once said, two possibilities exist. Either we are alone in the universe or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. All right, we go over to the New York Post, where they have an article by Isabel Keen. Stanford professor Gary Nolan says aliens are 100% living among us, and this was written in May of this year. A Stanford University professor and prominent ufologist says he 100% believes extraterrestrials have not only visited Earth, but have been here for a long time and may even still be on the planet today. Dr. Gary Nolan, a professor of pathology at Stanford's medical school, made the stunning claim during the last week's Salt Eye Connections conference in Manhattan at a session titled, The Pentagon, Extraterrestrial Intelligence, 
and crashed UFOs. Moderator Alex Clocus asked Nolan if he believes extraterrestrial life has visited Earth, and the professor replied, I think you can go a step further. It hasn't just visited. It's been there for a long time, and it's still here. You know people talk about the wow signal looking for in extraterrestrial intelligence? The wow signal is that people see it on an almost regular basis. That's the communication. The wow signal refers to a burst of radio waves captured from outer space in 1977. The signal was 30 times stronger than the typical background radiation and prompted some astronomers to believe it may have come from aliens looking for other signs of life. Scientists have since said the sound may have come naturally from a pair of comets. Clocus noted that for many, Nolan's statement about alien life would be tough to believe and asked him to assign a probability to his claims. 100%, Nolan said, and that's just not... That's not just my opinion. The National Defense Authorization Act passed last year, signed by President Biden in December. 30 pages of that is the establishment of an unidentified aerial phenomena office. According to Nolan, the All-Domain Anomalous Resolution Office has a staff of about 25 people who have been tasked with collecting the information across all the U.S. Department of Defense, Intelligence offices, and coalition of that to a uniform format for the very first time, a provision of that then to Congress. A whistleblower program has also been created that allows people to contact Congress and give information in classified settings. The most recent whistleblower incident that happened just last weekend, it created quite a hornet's nest in Washington, the professor said. We asked what the most compelling evidence is for his claim of alien life on Earth, and Nolan said, you just need to look at what your government is doing right about, right now about it. According to Nolan, 12 U.S. senators from all backgrounds and beliefs signed on to the statement requesting more information. What are they basing their opinions on? They're basing their opinions on the dozens of individuals who in one manner or another have come forward and talked to them in classified settings. We go over to Reuters where they have an article that was written way back in 2010. And way back then, it was said that one in five people believe in aliens. The article is called They Walk Among Us. All right. Singapore. Aliens exist and they live in our midst disguised as humans. At least that's what 20% of people polled in a global survey believe. The Reuters poll of 20,000 adults in 22 countries showed that more than 40% of people from India and China believe that aliens walk among us disguised as humans, while those least likely to believe this are from Belgium, Sweden, and the Netherlands only 8% each. However, the majority of people polled, 80%, don't believe in aliens in our mists. It would appear that there is a modest correlation between the most populated countries and those more likely to indicate there may be aliens disguised among them, compared to those countries with smaller populations, said John Wright, Senior Vice President of the Market Research from Ipsos. Maybe that's... Maybe the it's a simple case 
that in a less populated country, you are more likely to know your next door neighbor better. More men than women, 22% versus 17%, believe that alien beings are on Earth. Most of those believers are under the age of 35, across all income classes, the survey showed. Of those who do not believe, most are women. Right? Cool little uh, article there. All right. Let's take a break. All right. So I do have two TikToks to make you listen to really quick before we wrap up today. Um, they're very relevant to what we were talking about. And uh, the first one's a news article, and the second one's just somebody's take on it. And then I'll give you my thoughts. All right. Here's the first one. Aliens exist, and President Trump knows about it. That's according to Israel's former space security chief. In an interview with an Israeli newspaper, he said, the aliens have been waiting until today for humanity to develop and reach a stage where we will understand in general what space and spaceships are. NBC News Chief Global Correspondent Bill Neely explains this one. Hi, Alison. Well, this is quite a story, and it comes from the man who headed Israel's space security program for nearly 30 years. Chaim Eshed is making the extraordinary claim that the United States and Israel have been in contact with a group of aliens for years, not immigrants, but extraterrestrials. He has called them the Galactic Federation of Aliens, and he says President Trump is aware of the existence of these aliens and had been on the verge of revealing their secrets, he claims, but was asked not to do so by the Federation in order to prevent what he calls mass hysteria. Well, the retired general says the US and Israel have kept it from the public because Quotes, humanity isn't ready and the aliens don't want to reveal themselves until humanity can evolve, he says, and understand what space really is. Well, the good news is that he claims an agreement has been reached between the US government and the aliens, a contract to do experiments here. There's also, he says, a secret underground base on Mars where there are American and alien representatives. Now, this former head of a branch of Israel's defense ministry is 87. He was very well respected, at least until now. And he said all this in an interview with an Israeli newspaper in Hebrew, but it's really taken off after parts of it were published in English by the Jerusalem Post today. He says he's come forward now in the hope that his news will be accepted as true. He notes that if he'd made these claims five years ago, he would have been hospitalized, but now he says, I've got nothing to lose. Well, so far, President Trump has not tweeted about this, though remember a year ago, he did set up the Space Force as the fifth branch of the U.S. Armed Forces. Well, we did ask the White House, the Department of Defense, and Israeli officials to comment. So far, they have not responded to the NBC News request, and I wonder if they ever will. Alien. All right, so that was the news story. Let's get into what most people seeing all of this on our news feeds every day are thinking. I love how the government like barely, like certainly confirmed that aliens are real. They're like, we have pictures, we have evidence, like they visited, we interviewed them, like guys, this is serious, aliens are real. And like, mo like all of us just kind of are too depressed to even care about that. <laughs> like we're all like, oh, cool, another thing, great added in the pile of wildfires and 
I, I can't freaking afford my groceries. Oh, now aliens? Like, truly, no one cares. <laughs> All right. So that's just some humor for you to end out the uh, episode. Um, whether it is in space, in the ocean, or in another dimension right next to ours, I, I hope there's something out there. I do hope that transparency and everything like that, you know, I hope that it does come to light because I feel like it coming to light will only advance where we are and who we think we are in the universe in the grand scheme of things as humans. Um, so I do hope that there is transparency and discovery one way or another um, into this technology we can't understand or, you know, to corroborate some of these whistleblowers, statements, things like that. Um, for those diehard believers, you know, more power to them. I like to believe in aliens because it's a cool, like, it's a cool mind journey for me um, to think that, you know, how arrogant must we be to think that we're the only intelligent life forms out there? You know, like, I kind of hope there is another civilization somewhere. I hope they're not hostile and mean and here to kill everybody. But, you know, you look at different UFO sightings and stories. Um, like, I think of the one from South, not South Africa, but it was somewhere in Africa where the school children were visited by uh, aliens and everything. And they, like, stopped time and told them, that we need to care about our environment and stop playing with our technology and our nuclear stuff was going to destroy us and stuff like that. And we see that kind of repeated throughout other alien visits and reports of abductions and stuff like that, how they're warning us against our technology and our nuclear stuff. So even with one of the videos that I didn't show you guys today because uh Based on the audio, it's very like, you know, so it's it's very muddled and you wouldn't be able to understand it. But basically, it's supposedly a real video with an alien, which take that with a grain of salt. Nobody's verified that it's real. But it says that he's from Earth, but from the future. And he traveled several thousand light years to get here uh, because spatial displacement and time travel is something that they've discovered but that they're not aliens they're descendants of us in the future after we wipe ourselves out with nuclear war uh when asked whenever uh like what causes the nuclear war it just says dogma political and religious dogma and the access to weapons of mass destruction will be given or will be had by people that are encased in this dogma and that will set off nuclear war. Um, but yeah, that was another video that I saw. So pretty cool. I like all of the reports that come out, you know, on the news and on TikTok and all the rest of the people that are reporting on it. Um, it's a cool thing to think about. It's like if somebody all of a sudden said, Bigfoot's real and the government has been lying to you about it. And I'd be like, I knew Bigfoot was real. You know, like, it's a fun mental exercise. <laughs>
<laughs> so I do like to think that aliens have been here, have visited us, you know, have ancient origins helping our civilization. Maybe we're an experiment for them. I don't know. There's lots of theories out there. Um, so yeah, who can say? I hope our leading experts <laughs> and the great minds of today can crack that case and be able to tell us about it if they do. So with that in mind, thank you for being patient for this episode. Thank you for listening today and make sure to send me any stories for future episodes of Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. Other than that, I am rebranding, so I will be in the process of changing the name and link and everything to P.S. Spooky Shiz. Um, I think it's catchier than Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz, but it still means the same thing. P.S. stands for Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz, so that'll just be P.S. Spooky Shiz. All right, so make sure to join us on the Facebook page, Paranormal Stories, Spooky Shiz in parentheses. That may be changing soon, and I'll update all the episodes and let you guys know if it does. Um, it's a great way to connect with me there. I post nice uh, spooky memes every day. Um, and it's amazing how much there is out there. <laughs> I've been doing it for about two years, and I haven't ran out of content yet. So uh, just keep on sending those to me and send me your stories and watch the skies because maybe we're not alone. All right. With that, stay spooky, my friends. <laughs>